how would you like to make $88,000 profit for five days of work? It seems kind of ridiculous, right? Hi, my name is Jared Krause. I'm the host of the Buying Online Businesses podcast. And in this episode, I'm speaking with Adam Smith, who is the co-founder of Niche Website Builders. He's bought, kept, sold, and flipped many sites, one of which he was able to make an $88,000 profit with just five days of work. And Adam is an incredible content business owner and strategist. In this podcast episode, Adam and I talk about why he buys sites instead of starting from them from scratch alone and how he likes to do both for different reasons. We also talk about why he liked the site that he bought before he actually decided to buy and flip it and what opportunities actually saw in the site before he pulled the trigger to purchase it. We also talk about where he looks for websites for sale, where he buys them, where he bought this particular site that we're talking about in this episode, how much he bought that site for, what multiple he paid for it and what was the monthly income of the site when he bought it as well. We also talk about in detail every single step that he took to grow the site and how it took him just five days of work to get the site from $2,000 a month to over $3,300 per month. We also talk about his overall profits from this flip, which is roughly around the $88,000 mark range if he was to sell it today or the time of recording. Uh, We also talk about how many sites Adam has in his portfolio, why he has that many sites uh, and what they do for him. We also talk about the mistakes that people make when rushing to buy a website and what it actually costs them. And then Adam also shares his advice, his three pieces of advice that he has for people wanting to build a portfolio of websites and are new to this or have just one website business and want to build that into a portfolio. There's so much that we dig into in this episode. It's so damn valuable. We also talk about doing due diligence in this episode, and this is a vital part about buying a website business. So make sure you understand how to do your due diligence. If you don't know much about it or you want to become better at it, make sure you get my due diligence framework. You go to buyingonlinebusinesses.com forward slash free resources, and you can download the framework that I use and all my clients use to buy websites that are already making a passive income. Let's dive into the episode. Do you want to build or grow your content website? Niche website builders have helped hundreds of people to take their content websites from a few hundred dollars per month to over tens of thousands of dollars per month with crafted content creation, buying age domains, and link building strategies. These strategies have helped people increase their traffic, authority, monthly earnings, and their website valuation too. Head to nichewebsite.builders forward slash B-O-B forward slash to get 10% off any link building or 10% more from their content creation services. That's nichewebsite.builders forward slash Bob forward slash. I'll put a link in the description too. Adam, welcome back. Thanks, Jared. Thanks for having me back. It's always a pleasure being a guest with guest with you. Oh, it's great having you as a guest because we get to have a great chat before. We get to have a great chat afterwards um, before we hit the record buttons. But importantly for the for everybody listening, is you come and bring the value. Last time you jumped on, um, there was I think you made eighteen k profit in your website flip within a matter of a few months. Maybe it was actually weeks. I can't remember. Um, guys, check out that. That podcast about 30, with, uh, 30 days, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was a really good flip, and now you have another one. And I want to talk about this flip. I want to break it down, but before we do, talk about the growth that everybody's just you know wants to squeeze out of you. Uh, I want to talk about the acquisition of it all because I'm curious. 
you know, you've got the ability to go away and uh, build something from scratch, right, with the team and stuff uh, at Niche Website Builders. Uh, and there's people that are on this on this thought process wondering, should I start one from scratch myself and what's what route should I take or and what's the advantage of buying one so yeah I'm curious what what sort of what was your thought process and why did you think about buying this one whether it's versus just starting it from scratch sure yeah it's a great question um, and the honest answer is I do I do a bit of both I do a lot of a lot of buying and selling uh, and I do I do some building um, <clears throat> and starting from scratch but I think it comes down to to kind of tool set um, I've got this or skill set. Sorry, I've got the skill set where I can identify um, sites which either need some work or need something doing to them, or they've got quick wins essentially mm. uh, that can be exploited. Mm. Um, and then, depending on the site itself, I either fix those things or implement those quick wins, and then keep it in my long-term portfolio. Or in this case, I'll look to fix them and then wait for the, the monthly average to increase to a, a level where I feel it's it's good to exit. And then I'll try and sell the site back on then. So it's not so much a case of, you know, should you build versus should you buy? It's do you have the skill set to identify sites that you can make money on? And then do you have the skill set mm -hmm. to go ahead and implement those and the team behind you to help implement um, to make money essentially quicker it's just a shortcut to making making money really yeah excellent and that's something that people listing will pick up after they bought their first business or if you're going to do some education before you buy your first business usually you'll be able to identify those things as well so tell me about the risks uh that you saw because every business everything we do in life has a risk we'll talk about the risks, and then yeah. i want to move on to the opportunities what are some of the things that you saw about or yeah about this site that there was some risk that you had to really think about and and identify whether they are worth worth you know considering and were you able to minimize sure. them or remove them and, and whatnot yeah yeah i mean th this this website was a poor uh, display ad increase increasing the revenue from display ads play um there, there cool. wasn't really much else to it um and one of the biggest areas that I saw for improvement was the site was monetized through um, AdSense. Um, and I was just going to switch it over to Ezoic. And that would be a big part of my quick wins. Now, in my experience, like 99% of sites will perform better on Ezoic than they would through AdSense. But there's still always the risk that you switch it over and it makes the same or even less. Um, and the other risk is that the, the owner may have already put it into Ezoic, seen that, and then swapped it back to AdSense. So for this site, that was the major risk. The site had been steady for a long time, for a number of years, actually, of, in traffic. So there was little risk of, of traffic. It had gone through several Google updates, um, but there was definitely risk around the monetization model. I, just for everybody listening and, and, and for you, I bought a site a while ago, did nothing with it, uh, a content site, display advertising as well. And it's the same. I saw yeah. the exact same thing with this. It was, it was monetized by AdSense, and it yeah. was making enough to be on Mediavine um, traffic. That is, yeah. and I thought, like that's I could just buy this and chuck it straight on Mediavine. Uh, it got denied, <laughs> and right. then uh, I I put it on mm -hmm. I put it on Ezoic, and from there mm -hmm. there was some tech issues, and not much traffic was going to it. it wasn't making much money. It was making more money through AdSense. 
And I was like, oh, this is, you know, all right, I'll go back to AdSense. It's not the end of the world because I'm still going to make the same amount yeah. of money for the multiple I purchased it for. I uh, left the business for about 14 months and we did nothing with it. The tra- traffic stayed the same. Well, we had a tech issue, so we lost a bit of traffic and then uh, that yeah. got fixed. Traffic just scaled back up to the, to the same level, stayed the same. And then just recently, I changed it over to Ezoic. And hey, presto, we're making a lot more money uh, <laughs> just through that change yeah. with Ezoic, right? Like Ezoic does, and just the, the the good things with Ezoic, not that this is a plug on Ezoic, <laughs> uh, but they, they have some good SEO tools. What I like about Ezoic mostly is the support really because, you know, mm-hmm. I can play um, play dumb and ask questions as a rookie and just try and work out what would their best advice be. And this is what I do a lot of the time is, is uh, I, have, I have a bit of knowledge in the space, but I like to just put myself as a student and get people's recommendation and then make up my own mind with what I already have. And I think that's the best way to go about getting getting advice and working out who's good at giving advice, right? So what, yeah, what do you think sure. about Ezoic? Like, is that why do you see that 99% of sites would do better with Ezoic? Yeah, I'm a big I'm a big fan of Ezoic. Only, I, like I say, I don't want to turn this into a plug for Ezoic. <laughs> um, <laughs> but all of my sites are now with Ezoic. Um, and as I've moved more sites or my sites into Ezoic, I move up the premium tier level. Um, mm-hmm. And I know some people have an issue with paying up front for adverts, but I've always made money with Ezoic Premium. I'm on a very high tier level now. So sometimes it almost makes sense for me to ju- to buy other display ad sites and move them into my premium account to take advantage of the level that I'm on with the, the premium uh, setting now. Um, <clears throat> you mentioned some yeah. tools there. One of the things I did with this site, and I think it's a small part, but it's still an important part, is I used uh, Ezoic Leap to increase the site speed and pass uh, web core vitals prior when I bought yes. it, the site was really, was really slow. Um, and it shouldn't have been because it was a very lightweight site. It was very, mm. it wasn't very graphics heavy. There weren't many images, but I think it was just AdSense and it just wasn't optimized for display ads. Um, so yeah. yeah, I like Ezoic for that too. Um, why I think they make more money than AdSense? Um, I think it's because they have access to, to Google AdX or Ad Exchange. It's like a, AdSense on steroids, essentially. And also, yeah. I, I, I think AdSense still pays on a, or part of the revenue is made up on a cost per click basis, whereas with Ezoic, it's pretty much all based on impressions. So I don't really care if people come to the site and click the adverts because I get paid either way as long as they see them. And then mm-hmm. you can optimize your placeholders so they stay in view longer and they stay in the sticky sidebar and they auto-refresh and you've got a little banner at the bottom and they auto-refresh. So with Ezoic, I feel there's, there's more opportunity to um, to optimize your placeholders as well for more revenue. Yeah. I mean, optimizing placeholders or ad placements, whatever you want to call them in AdSense, yeah. is, it can be done. But auto ads is just not as good as Ezoic, um, Zoic's ad. It is superior in that sense. Not that we're plugging Ezoic. Everybody has to do what's right for them and and make the make the best call. But uh, it, it's worked for us, so <laughs> it's yeah. a good it's a good thing. So it's worth talking about, right? So the site that you bought, you bought one. I'm curious. This is a big thing for people listening, uh, the wanting to buy a site. You've you've done you've done some a lot of businesses. You've looked at a lot of businesses. Uh, yeah. For people listening, they're not going to be able to take this as though that they can do the same amount of work and look at the same amount of sites and, and buy a site within the same time frame as you um, because you've sure. got a lot more experience. But what's the gauge like, you know, you've bought so many sites before. 
how long do you spend looking for sites? Where are you looking at purchasing purchasing them from? And um, you know, how long do you spend on your due diligence sort of thing? Just just for a gauge for us. Sure. So there's a number of different places I look. Um, this one was actually from Flipper, and I've I don't. I don't often buy sites from Flipper, to be honest. It's very rare that I would buy a site from Flipper. I feel there's a lot of sites mm-hmm. on there, but not all of them. Lots of them don't pass the sniff test, shall we say, I think, uh, on Flipper. Yeah. Um, yeah. <clears throat> there's a couple of marketplaces I look, obviously Empire Flipper, um, but they, they're at the higher end of the, the scale in terms of price and cost. Um, they're also at the higher end of valuation. Typically, they're 40, 45x, sometimes even up as high as 50x now, which as an investor... We make you know some of our money on the purchase because we buy it at a good price, right? You can't make mm-hmm. uh, those kind of valuations. Mm-hmm. Also, look through uh, Investors Club and Motion Invest. Um, so I'm, I'm set up on the. I get their emails when they when they add new listings. Um, I just go and check them out. Um, but I've got a very specific cr- set of criteria that I'm looking for. So when these new listings come out, I won't spend a ton of time. I'm looking for you know does it is it monetize primarily through display ads and then I'll go and have a look at you know my literal like couple of point checklist and if it passes the the initial kind of sniff test then I'll, I'll go deeper and, and have a look and start doing some due diligence but really speaking I'm not spending a ton of time every week looking for sites I'm looking for ones which have oversized opportunity for where I can make where I can make lots of return rather than you know oh, I could make a little bit of money with this one or if I dig deep enough I might find something here it's uh, it's that old. Mm. I'm waiting for the right one to come, uh, and typically, what you'll find is it's like buses. You'll wait maybe four or five months, and nothing will come, and then two or three might come at the same time. So, you just need to be patient and stick yeah. to your criteria. Oh, I like it. That's great advice. Be patient, stick to your criteria. Because I've had this many conversations, or a lot of conversations, with newbies that are like, I can't find the business. Mm that I want and they've been in the membership for two months and they're like, or three months and they're like, you know, this can't work for me. (laughs) And it's a shame because, you know, sometimes people give up right when they're at the the precipice of achieving their goal, right? And it's a shame to see people go, oh, I've tried this for four four or five months and I didn't find a site that was good enough. But hey, like an extra couple of weeks, you could have just seen three that are like, bang, 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 like which one do I choose from, yeah. right? Um, and it's not just, I'm not just talking about people in the community. I'm talking about people outside the community that have tried this for six months and they said, look, can't do it. What What do you have to say to them about that? Yeah, I mean, uh, it kind of, it, it, this this story will tell it all. I've only lost money on a handful of sites over the last couple of years. Um, the one mm. that really sticks in my mind was it was outside of my criteria and I thought I would buy it. Uh, and then I would only keep it for a very short period of time and I would flip it. Uh, but it, it didn't meet my, my usual criteria. Um, and I bought it. And then within literally like two or three weeks of closing the deal, it got hit in a Google update. Uh, and I still own the site oh. now. And I'm, I'm going to lose money on the site when I sell it. It's going mm. to be a loss. And it's, it's one of a handful. Like there's not many sites I've lost money on. And that one I lost money on. And it's because I went outside of my criteria. I would have never have looked at it typically, but I was going through a bit of a dry spell of other deals and I saw the opportunity for a, I'll keep it for a couple of months and, and make a, a little bit of money on it. And then it just came back to bite me in the ass. So yeah, just that, that taught me not to do that anymore. That's a great lesson for us to learn from. Yeah. yeah. Like just, oh, I can't get it. I'm going to force it. And sometimes yeah. that can end up in, in not the best situation, right? 
Um, I was literally also looking at the numbers this month, uh, and I and I think Sorry, uh, I've owned the site now um, for just over thirteen months, uh, and I paid thirty five thousand dollars for it. Um, and if I sold it now, I think I would get about sixteen or seventeen thousand for it. So, with the revenue it's made, I'm I'm down like ten to fifteen thousand dollars on that site. Yeah. It's a it's a painful lesson. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, the thing is that you've bought so many and, and, and done well with so many, so it can kind of, you, you overall positive, oh, yeah. but it's, it's still, it's one of those things that you just wish hadn't happened. Right. Obviously. Exactly. Um, That's right. It could have been avoided if I just stuck to my own rules, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so talking about premium listings with some brokers and then some that have better multiples, I think the off market, like buying them through, you know, um, groups like your own, is yep. a good thing for people that are buying sites under the fifty k range because it helps many people to see that you don't need to go with a high multiple premium listing from a bigger broker. Um, and I think that's good. It's it's sort of putting a cap on those bigger brokers from going too high in their valuation because what I see is they just it's they they've got a brand. They get to pick the businesses that they want to sell on the premium ones, yep. which is which is fair because they built their brand and I understand that. But they can test the waters in how high they can go with selling it for a higher multiple, uh, and yeah. that can really set the industry standard, uh, which can be hard for people that are first coming to it. And something yeah. that I've mentioned to everybody is like, look, I think this is worth X amount based on the information yeah. you've provided me. Um, and you can get a superior site elsewhere, but it just takes so much more time to find, right? Like that's the piece is yeah. like, are you willing to pay premium, cut off the time and not have to hunt as hard? Or are you going to sift through the Sort of like when you, if you're looking through Flipper, you're going to sift through all the stuff to get the to yeah. get the rare find. I also find yeah. it's uh, you, we can use that to our advantage as well when it comes time to negotiating for sites through like if we find off market sites through the Facebook group. I mean, one of a great mm. tactic that I always use is kind of do your due diligence first, and then you get to the negotiation and the valuation part. And by that point, you've kind of you're already in the door, you're already talking, they've already opened to the idea of selling to you, and then you put your offer forward, and then you go back and forth a little bit, and then at the end, you always then say well, I'll give you uh, X amount, which is maybe 20% lower or 15% lower than they're proposing. And you can say, that's what you would mm. pay a broker anyway. So like, let's cut them out and, and I'll just, I'll pay that. And, and you you can usually get at least a 10% discount on kind of where you've agreed anyway, just with that one little, well, you would pay it to a broker. So let's kind of split the difference. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Of course. So tell us about more about the site. So um, how much do you pay for the site if you're open to sharing it? What was its average yeah. monthly net profit? Maybe even the niche it's in, if that's valuable for us to know. Yeah, sure. So uh, I paid $60,000 for the site. Uh, that was based on a 35 times multiple of the past 12 months average. So the site had been very steady for a long time, cool. several years. So it was no ups and downs. It was averaging just under $2,000 a month, essentially. Um, and I bought it, through, like I say, through Flipper. And then we used escrow.com as the, the middleman to, to, to tr do the transaction with. Um, and we used a seven-day inspection period. Um, and the sites in the technology space, and I usually would stay away from sites in the technology space, mainly because the content typically doesn't tend to be evergreen. 
like what's a good laptop today mm-hmm. is probably not a good laptop in six months to a year, for example. Um, but this was informational based, <laughs> uh, where the content typically yeah. is evergreen. So, yeah, that's that's the niche. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Congrats. Uh, I would typically tell people to stay away from that niche as well, and I've got many videos in my community around that. Uh, but if you can make it work, you can make it work, right? Um, yeah. Cool. So it's more informational than affiliate type. Uh, buy this product. Have to keep changing the articles every six months, right? So that's that's yeah. a win. Uh, all right. And and so the biggest thing I guess that you identified is you can make more revenue through uh, a better ad network. Mm-hmm. So you went over to you went over to Ezoic. What are some of the other things that you did uh, that you are these things that you saw prior to purchasing the business or these things that you saw when you, you know, after you bought the business through the inspection period? And then what were those things? Yeah, sure. So these were things that I saw prior. So it, it very much helps to have a checklist of things that you can tick off. And then once you purchase, it very much has a helps to have a checklist of your quick wins, essentially. And for your listeners who listened to the previous podcast that you mentioned before, the list is pretty much exactly the same. It's the same issues. It's the same things that I implemented um, in this side, just the numbers are on a slightly bigger scale. Um, So the play for this was to increase display ad revenue, obviously. So the first thing I did was move it from AdSense over to Ezoic. uh, And then I implemented a couple of on-page changes. So these things took me about five days from start to finish to, to implement. Some were really quick and some took a couple of days. But uh, essentially, the first thing I did was increase the font size. Uh, so it was on the Astra theme. Very easy to go into themes and customize and change the, the font size. And I took it up to 22 pixels or 22 points. Um, so it's fairly large. Uh, and I also increased what the, was the line it? height. Do you know? I think it was 18. Okay. Cool. Um, Sorry to cut you off I increased there. The li- That's Okay. I increased the line height slightly as well. Um, and basically what that does is it just allows, uh, it just means there's more more scrolling for the user when they're on the site. And typically more scrolling means more placeholders. And if you're on the desk, on, on a de- viewing the site on desktop as well, you've got the sticky sidebar and the sticky uh, bottom placement. Those auto refresh after 15 or 20 seconds. So the more time someone spends scrolling that one page, the more adverts you can show them and the more revenue you can you can make essentially. So that was my first quick win. Um, the site didn't have any images on there at all. Um, not that I think adding images on their own, uh, or not that I think adding images on their own is, is a massively important factor. But again, all it does is break up the page to allow more placeholders and get people to scroll longer. Um, so I, I'm a big fan of the 80-20 rule. I went through analytics, downloaded the top 20% of the pages that are driving 80% of the traffic. Usually it's only a handful of pages on most sites. And then I I added several images to each of those posts. So the scrolling was longer. Awesome. Um, The site didn't have a table of contents. So I use a plugin called Lucky WP Table of Contents um, to automatically insert table of contents. And I think that's important to create each post, you mean? For each post, yeah. Great. Uh, um, sorry, I cut you off again. What was the next one? <laughs> that's okay. No, I, I, I was just saying, I think the table of contents is really important and it's an overlooked factor that most people or some people miss. Um, it creates jump links for Google. So 
And you can see this in your search console. Sometimes if you go in there and you click on one of your top pages uh, in the cover in the um, performance report, you'll see sometimes, or if you've got a table of contents, they'll have a little hashtag at the end of the URL in there. And that's basically where someone has, or Google has served up an answer. Typically it's a snippet and you click the, the link and you, you're actually taken to that section on the page by the jump link. And that comes from the table of contents. So this site didn't have it. So it was a very quick win. Um, I added some FAQs to the end of each pieces of content just to make them the piece of content a little bit longer and a little bit more in depth. Um, I, I, we, I do that for any site, but this site in particular, it's the type of content that, um, it's very generic informational base. So even though it's, it's tech info, it's very generic tech info. It's hard to make your content different to someone else's because it's pure informational about something. Um, but a good way to do that and make yours stand out and be better is to, to add FAQs. And the easiest way to do that is to grab your FAQs from the people also ask box whenever you search for the topic. Just put literally put the title of the, the post into Google and, and pull out three or four questions from the people also ask, uh, people also ask box. Um, interesting note on that as well. I don't know if you've seen this yet. I've yet to see it in the wild, but I see on mobile results, Google are now starting to include... Uh, what people search for next box in addition to people also asked, which I think will be interesting because you could almost follow the user journey then. If someone's interested in X, this is what they search for next. So that's something to keep an eye out for and play around with in the next couple of weeks. It'd be really cool to have that at the bottom of each post, right? Where you have, you know, the next the next three things that they're going to search for next, but your own articles, like people also like exactly. or people search for next or people go to next, these three to four or eight articles and have them on your own site and kind of do yeah. what Google's doing on your own page, which increases yes. the time on page and, and bounce rate or decreases bounce rate, sorry. Exactly. Um, and then the only other thing was uh, increase uh, site speed using Ezoic Leap, like we mentioned earlier. Um so that was yeah. literally my my quick win toolbox for this website. Implementing those things took about five days, essentially. Cool. So I'm gonna just go through them quickly in my head and yeah. and spill them out on the on the microphone, and then I'm gonna dive yeah. into some of or each one of those things a little bit. Uh, so over to Ezoic. Use Ezoic Leap for the site speed optimization. Increase that. Change font increase line um, size more space added in once you got your top pages added images um, faq section uh, table of contents and i want to ask just for people listening how like the 80 20 the Pareto principle getting your top pages this is what i mentioned to people in in my community is like if you're going to grow your site work on the things that are already making more money that's the the business will tell you what it needs if you know how to listen to it yep. and get the right feedback so how many articles or pages are we talking? Was it just, all right, let's start with the top 10 that you get, you can just literally get from Google Analytics or was it, you know, more? And if so, why? Yeah, so in, the, I mean, in this case, I think it was uh, between 20 and 30 okay. uh, pieces of content. And literally I go into Google Analytics, go to uh, behavior and, and landing pages, go to the last 60 days or last 90 days, however long you want to set it download it and literally you can just highlight because it shows you the, the the traffic just go through there and highlight whatever comes out at 80 percent, and usually it'll be about 20 percent of your of, of your posts almost always it's it's uncanny excellent excellent and so how many posts does this site have when you purchased it 
It's got around 180, I think. Yeah, cool. Okay. And what's next? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this for this site, it's not a it's not a long-term hold for me. So it's not a long-term keeper for my portfolio, um, primarily because it's in the technology space. And like I said at the start, I typically don't like to be in that space long-term. Um, so I'm probably going to try and sell it soon. It's at the point now where I've owned it for February will be the six months. So I've got a nice new six-month average. I can go to market with that's significantly higher than before um, and then realize some of that capital and then keep my gunpowder ready for the next opportunity that comes up uh, that meet my criteria again. Awesome. The dying question is what is the what is the average monthly net profit now say so February's not always the best month <laughs> in in the cycle right of a, of a content mm-hmm. display ad business. Uh, but what you know? What's the yeah? What are we looking at in terms of monthly net profit? So it's it's increased to around three thousand three hundred now, uh, from just under two thousand when I bought it. Yeah, so an extra thirteen hundred, which will get you mm-hmm. an extra times that by thirty five, hopefully thirty eight, if we can get that or more. Yeah, yeah excellent, excellent. So yeah. what are we looking so I, at? I, I, you, you've done the maths, obviously. <laughs> yeah, so I, 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 when I'm trying to sell a site, I use a 40x multiple uh, at the moment. Yep. Um, so at a 40x multiple, that comes out of, to 132,000, and I paid 60 for it. And it's also generated uh, just over 16,500 in revenue since I owned it as well. So total profit of just under $90,000. Congrats. Awesome, man. I'm, I'm so, tempted to keep it a little bit longer, so it's a full six-figure profit, but uh, we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's pretty close to it, isn't it? It's pretty close. You can get that up to the five 5K range and and get close to that um, 5K range per month. So tell me, tell me a little bit more about your investment strategy in terms of uh, how many sites you're looking at having at any one time? And the reason I ask this is because I think having focus is important and I've been through the position of buying multiple businesses at, at one time and it wasn't yeah. content sites either. Content sites are far more passive than, say, owning two e-commerce businesses and a membership yeah. business um, just you know, and trying to travel and, 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 and live a lifestyle as well. Uh, that was a tough yeah. time for me. I just I was a young, hungry I'm just going to crush it and, and buy as many as I could. Um, I've yeah. learned a lot from that and that's changed for me. But I'm curious to hear your uh, opinion on, you know, how many how many sites do you want to have in your portfolio at any one time? Uh, how long do you keep them for usually and, and you know, when do you sell them and how do you, yeah. Let's yeah. let's open up that, that can of worms. <laughs> <laughs> sure. So at any one time, I've got kind of, Anything from 10 to 15 sites in my portfolio. Um, some of them are, are long-term holds. Like mm-hmm. I say, I want to keep them for the long-term. Um, so they're not necessarily in there for, for a flip. In terms of how many I'm, I'm actively working on to, to improve on the short-term and flip them, it really depends on you know what comes along. Uh, I think maybe in the last six months, I've bought one, two, three. I bought four sites in the last six months. Um mainly because they just meet my criteria and they came up. Uh, but I may very well go another six months without buying any sites if yeah. none come up. Um, so it's not a case of how many do I want and I'll pass on good deals. It's a case of is the good, you know, are there good deals out there? Are these sites, do these sites meet my criteria? Do I do I want them in my portfolio? And if I do, then I'll, I'll buy them. I don't, I don't mind if that goes up to 20 sites as long as I can manage them. And I think I'm a bit... I'm in a different situation than maybe some of your audience in that I own an agency where I've got 
a team around me that can help and support if needs uh, yeah. and can write content. So I'm not yeah. sat there writing content for 10, 15 sites. <laughs> um, <laughs> otherwise, it would be totally un- unmanageable. Yeah, that's the whole reason we started the agency because yeah. I needed, I was in that position where I had my own, had my portfolio and it got to the point where I needed help and I didn't have a team around me. Um, yeah. And that's the reason we started the business. So, And so those ones that you're holding longer, uh, I presume these are the ones that you're publishing content on regularly to increase traffic, which will increase uh, revenue. Is that right? Yes, mo- most of them, apart from one, and I don't mind sharing this one because I share it with everyone. It's about foxes uh, and it's a very narrow niche. It, I've covered literally everything you can write about foxes there's literally nothing else to write i it's the de facto authority site for for foxes essentially cool Um, (laughs) but i like it because it's defensible and the site has covered everything it would take another site quite a bit of content to cover the same the same so that one's in there for a different reason i don't think it would ever grow but it's been super steady super stable and and i feel it's it's going to be hard to knock off uh, excellent where it is but the rest yeah i'm adding content yeah, yeah, cool. So because people listening, they're like, you know, you've got a few that you'll buy that are quick wins. You'll hold it for, say, six months like this one and get rid of it and not add content. And then you got other ones and you own a content agency basically. And then you uh, have other ones that you like, cool, you could do your quick wins to it and then you hold it for a longer term and, and then add the content, probably, you know, add backlinks and stuff like that as well, right? Yeah, exactly. And those longer term hold ones, I try and, and base them around niches that are very expansive. Um, so I have another one that's in the business template space. Um, mm. And I can keep creating content almost indefinitely in that space. There's there's so many different facets of business and so many different subsections of templates within each of those areas that I can, yeah, I'm never, almost never going to run out of content ideas for that type. Yeah, excellent, excellent. So for those listening that are very new to buying a site or they've just bought their first site, what advice would you give to them um, for starting to build their portfolio? Obviously not be in the position where you're at, just try to get to 15 as quickly as possible without a team and support. But yeah, what sort of one to three things would you give give to them so they don't make it harder than it needs to be? (laughs) Sure. But I think the first one is, is just buy right. So like we said at the start, don't be impatient. Even if it takes a couple of months, it's better to buy your first one and have a good experience buying the right site rather than mm-hmm. buying the wrong site because you've got some money in your pocket burning a hole and you end yeah. up with something which will turn you off the industry because it's such a great industry to be in and it's such a great investment asset class to be in. You don't want that first experience to be tainted, I don't think. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the second one is depending on how much cash flow that first site buy uh, gets you work on it and work on it and work on it until it cash flows enough so you can save for another one. I'm a big fan of the, the snowballing method where site number one pays for site number two and then site number one and two pay for site number three. Uh, and even though it takes a bit longer, I think, um, doing it that way, it's very sustainable. And then even if one site gets hit, maybe an update or something, you, you've got that ball rolling then. Um, so go slow and go steady and use the snowballing method. Um, and then I think the third one then is is one which maybe people don't tend to talk about too often, or I'm not here too often, is know when to sell. Like uh, another one of my biggest learning experiences was a couple of years back when I had 
was trying to sell another one of my sites uh, in the six-figure range. And honestly, we, we put it up for sale and we couldn't agree. We had an interest in buyer. Uh, we couldn't agree on the price. And we were like ten or eight, eight or $10,000 apart on price, like next to nothing. Mm. Um, I was stubborn and said no. Uh, and then uh, a Google update happened and the site got hit. Uh, and I ended up selling the site for a lot less than six figures. Um, and I learned from that that, if the deal is to be made, like there's no point haggling over the pennies, really. Um, so if you're going to sell the site and you you're happy to sell it and you've done you've taken it as far as you can, um, then yeah, don't let the pennies get in the way of, of the next deal and having some money in your pocket to go after it. I think that's excellent to to think about. The last two are so solid. Like touching on not haggling for price and just getting out. I think the opportunity cost is something that we need to consider when we're selling is like, all right, have you gone to the end of the line with how much energy you can put into the site and even attention on just owning it, let alone rolling it, just owning it and letting it be passive. Has that, you know, would you be better off um, creating more energy and excitement moving into something else by just taking a little bit less money, right? Like, yeah. I'm I'm big for on, sure. I, I love investing and making money. It's great, but uh, I'm also big on less stress and doing what fulfills you and makes you your life better. And sometimes we are too focused on the dollars. I've been there. I've been there, but it, it can stuff you up, right? Really can. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing is about the money burning in the pocket. Like for the last few years, I've had money burning in my pocket and been wanting to rush into things. And I'm so glad I haven't um, because these other investments that I'm making now, it's that much better, that much more, less yeah. stress because I waited for the right things to come along. Like, Yeah, and I, I find as well, it's all I put, it, I put those deals out of my mind as quickly as possible because it's so easy for you to then keep thinking and overexcite and then in your brain you think, oh, well, I, okay, that one thing doesn't meet my criteria, but that's fine. And you keep thinking about it, and it become in your head. It becomes a, a better and better deal, even though it's probably <laughs> the worst deal ever. Because you, you keep thinking about it, so put it out of your head. Yeah, don't think about it. Move on to the next one. It's it's where people go. I'll do my due diligence, and I need to sell the business to myself, right? And they end up being in their head and selling the business to themselves. When the opposite is yeah. true, you actually need to prove the business is a bad investment. And that's when people, sometimes people come to me with their business and they've sold it to themselves and I give them some advice and they're like, they've sold it to themselves so hard that what I have to say doesn't register at all, which can be scary. Yeah. 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 Amazing. Amazing. Congrats on on your purchase. Congrats on this flip. Congrats on the portfolio you've built and everything you've done, Adam. It's it's great to have you on. We'll we'll be doing more of these and uh, where can we send people? to find out more about either your portfolio and, and the agency? Sure. So um, the agency is, is Niche Website Builders. So the website's nichewebsite.builders. Um, we've got two Facebook groups. One of them might be interesting if you are looking for businesses to buy, um, just because it's it's called the Niche Website Flippers group. Um, it's full of people who are buying and selling sites. Um, and then obviously I'm on Facebook. Uh, so if anybody wants to connect, then just shoot me a friend request. Um I'm pretty accessible. I'll answer most questions. Uh, so yeah, they're the best ways to reach out, website, uh, Facebook group or Facebook. There you go, guys. There'll be links to that in the show notes. As always, Adam, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks, Jared. Appreciate your time, man. 
Those who are listening that are thinking about buying a science, re-listen to this again. There's so many little golden nuggets that you probably may have missed out on. It's like reading a book. The second time you pick it up, there's some great things that you will realize that you didn't get the first time. Also, for those who are looking at buying or have friends that are looking at buying sites, please share this podcast episode with them. It's insanely valuable. They're going to get a lot from it. Yes, it helps grow the channel, but it's going to help them as well. So thank you so much for listening, guys. See ya.